0: Welcome to dishing up nutrition with licensed nutritionists and dietitians from Nutritional Weight and Wellness. We explain the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned for practical, real life solutions for healthier living through real food nutrition.
1: Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make them all last. Just kicking down the cobblestones, looking
0: for fun and feeling great. Cool Welcome to. Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. I am Leah Kleintrode. I am a registered and licensed dietitian. And this morning, Nikki Daring is with me here in studio. Nikki is also a registered and licensed dietitian. And we have a really interesting topic for you all today. The topic is, what do my cravings mean? Did that perk your ears up a little bit? I wanted to start really briefly just to give you a definition of what cravings actually are. So this is taken from a blog post that we at Nutritional Weight and Wellness wrote last summer. And the definition for cravings, the Merriam-Webster definition for cravings is an intense, urgent, or abnormal desire or longing. It also goes on to say that cravings are an irritation within the system. So then, you take those two definitions. When you combine them, it means that cravings are an intense irritation. So, does that ring true for anyone out there in the audience today? Would you just me? Yeah. (laughs) Would you describe those cravings as intense irritations? Things that preoccupy your mind. You can't get your thoughts off them until you actually satisfy that craving. Some of our clients talk about chocolate cravings being one thing that they crave so that's very common I hear that all the time when I'm counseling clients I do too yeah but Nikki what do you crave specifically
1: oh put me in the hot seat (laughs) (laughs) um sugar I'm definitely you Mm -hmm. know a candy sugar person I have to be really careful with any of that and so that's another really common craving that we hear about a lot from our clients as well and even some people, you know, on the opposite spectrum will crave something like red meat or, you know, I love hamburgers so much. I think we've heard that before, too. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Um, I also hear a great number of people say, I crave pasta. I crave bagels. I could never give up my bread. I crave bread every day.
1: <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. I've heard that one, too. And I can relate to that Yeah, as well in mm-hmm. my, you know, before I ate, you know, in balance. Can mm-hmm. definitely relate. Other people crave salty foods, and I know when I'm really tired, I crave caffeine, Mm -hmm. and so in the form I drink is tea, so I drink some black tea, Uh, but a lot of people will see that craving as coffee. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So
0: there can be numerous reasons for cravings. There can be many layers to cravings for people. A lot of people think about cravings as being a result of a particular, you know, psychological or emotional reason. You know, maybe it was tied back to their childhood or, or got into some kind of habit. But today, when we're in studio, we want to focus on the physical or that biochemical reason for craving certain things. In general, I think here at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, when we think about cravings, we see cravings as a sign that there is something out of balance in the body, something that's not quite right. And one example of an imbalance could be you could be deficient in a certain nutrient, and that may be the cause of cravings. So we know when clients say they have trouble sleeping or they have muscle cramps or they have Charlie horses. We know these are signs of a magnesium deficiency, which then also typically coincides with cravings for chocolate.
1: Mm -hmm. It's almost magical when I'm working with someone and they, you know, start taking maybe 400 to 600 milligrams of that magnesium glycinate Mm -hmm. and their muscle cramps go away and they no longer crave chocolate or it's the craving is gone. It's just more of hey, I like chocolate rather than I need chocolate. Yes. I have to have it. And I think the important part, too, to kind of back up a little bit is to explain magnesium glycinate. Why Mm -hmm. do we say that form? Why don't we just say magnesium? Because glycinate, um, magnesium glycinate is chelated to that amino acid, so it helps it absorb better. So sometimes Mm -hmm. when you go to stores, you can get a different form and it's not as absorbable. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't work as well. So, I've had people tell me, oh, yeah, I've tried this, and my muscle cramps actually came back. Mm-hmm. So we really like that magnesium glycinate. So there's no doubt that magnesium um, is can be a nutrient deficient mm-hmm. deficiency and can be directly related to those cravings.
0: Yep. Absolutely. And I think that's a great point, Nikki, is that there is a major difference just in that glycinate form with magnesium. And when most of the time when people are buying supplements, they want that supplement to be able to work well for them, which is why we're just huge proponents of that magnesium glycinate. So here's another craving that actually came as a surprise to me. If you crave salt, it is a good chance, first of all, that you may be dehydrated, so maybe you were working in your garden all day in the hot sun and you were so focused on trying to get those plants in the ground or you were so focused on trying to get the mulch down or whatever those those little gardening chores are and you didn't hydrate properly and then suddenly you start to crave that
1: salt. Yep. Yes. I've been there. I'm looking forward to that time. I'm sure a lot of listeners <laughs> <Yes>. are <Yep. laughs> getting outside, getting into their garden. Um, but we have a great story to share um, one of our nutrition educators Oralee Kirk when um, she was moving last summer mm-hmm. so um, some of you might have taken classes with Oralee, so you're very familiar with her she's got lots of energy and she's just amazing to see teach but she was moving last summer so she had lived in a house for 36 years so you can imagine there's she had stuff mm-hmm. you know maybe not more than other people but 36 years of stuff needed to get moved needed to get packed up and taken out so she was working and she was working up a sweat and she was getting to a point where like sweat was kind of rolling down her face and she started to lose her energy and like i said she has abundance of energy (laughs) so that's different for orly and so she um you know she was finding it even hard to move her energy was going down and Just like any other good nutrition educator, she was like, oh, I must be dehydrated. I need to go drink some more water. So she started to drink water, and all of a sudden, she started getting cramps in her hands and her legs. And that's kind of alarming, you know, when you get cramps and you're not used Mm -hmm. to that. And she started to crave salt. So it's just amazing how our bodies are so intelligent that they can tell you to crave a food if you're low in a nutrient. Mm -hmm. So her body was really saying, go get some salty food or some salt to replenish your electrolytes and reverse that electrolyte imbalance.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so interesting. when, Like you said, when we can pay attention to our bodies and listen to the little messages that they're trying to send us. And so thinking about that, like if you find yourself getting that salt craving, like what, what's one thing you can do to get yourself out of that situation? Some people can naturally curb or satisfy that salty craving. One way you can do that, I know this might sound weird, but celery. Celery naturally has a little bit of sodium in it, but it's an easy grab-and-go snack. You eat a couple of ribs of celery. You also get some hydration in there. Put some natural peanut butter on it. And hey, bonus if that natural peanut butter has a little bit of salt in it. But that can help to hydrate the body, but also start to restore that balance of electrolytes.
1: That's really interesting, Leah, because I think even as a nutritionist, a a dietitian, sometimes we don't think about, you know, salt in food or celery being something that you can replenish your electrolytes with. Yeah, Yep. We kind of go towards more junk food.
0: Mm hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So celery versus chips. I mean, we obviously know there's a healthier version there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So,
1: so let's circle back to orally
0: for a second, you know, because orally is one of our nutrition educators. And, and Nikki, you mentioned she started to hydrate when she started to recognize some of those signs. But she knew she also needed to mix a couple scoops of electrolyte powder into her water. And after drinking a couple of those blends, a couple of those mixes with the electrolytes in there, her energy started to come back and the cramps in her hands and legs started to disappear. And that was without, like you said, diving into the chips or the crackers or or some of those more salty foods. And I think one thing to kind of highlight here, too, is that when we think about hydrating the body, we always think about drink more water, mm-hmm. drink more water, and then drink more water. Yep. But when we sweat, when we're losing water, we're also losing some of our key minerals and some of our nutrients like salt and potassium and magnesium. You know, when you taste sweat, it tastes salty because some of those nutrients are coming out with that water. So when we're hydrating and trying to put things back in and reestablish balance in that body, then we also want to maybe replenish with salt and potassium and magnesium, those very same things that we're losing. So we're going to talk just a little bit more about that hydration and electrolytes on the other side of break. So you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Again, if you missed us in the beginning, my name is Leah Kleinschrode and I'm a registered and licensed dietitian. And I am co-hosting today's show with Nikki Daring, who is also a registered and licensed dietitian. And we are discussing cravings and what your cravings actually mean. So I'm going to pose a question question to you listeners before we hit break. Do you or a friend or a family member chew ice frequently? And we're going to share what's the root cause behind that when we come back from break. We'll be right back.
1: Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. So before break, we mentioned some people chew on ice. So why do people chew on ice and ice cubes or maybe prefer you know, crushed ice or shaved ice or even snow cones. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people chew on ice. Um, when they do, it can frequently be, you know, a sign of anemia or a low iron or even some, a zinc deficiency. So if you're very fatigued, we suggest having your ferritin level checked to determine how adequate you are storing iron. If your results are lower than normal, you might have an iron deficiency. <laughs> so, Leah, you've had experience with this. I have, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately, uh, is yeah, right. Yeah.
0: And I think one key thing that you said there was lower than normal. Um, yeah. A couple of years ago, there's probably five years ago now that I'm thinking about it, I remember I was really starting to struggle with my workouts. So you mentioned fatigue is kind of one big sign that you're getting low in iron or struggling with iron deficiency. And I started noticing that my workouts were getting really difficult. Like I was getting really tired into my workouts five or 10 minutes into it, like I'm barely warming up Mm. and I'm already almost exhausted. I also started noticing like I was having more brain fog, like it just felt like my mind was moving through quicksand and anxiety is something I've always kind of struggled with throughout my life. But I no I was noticing a peak in anxiety around mm. that time, too. And I was just yeah. wondering what is going on. And one of our counselors here actually had suggested, like, maybe you want to check out your iron. And when you do that, make sure they test ferritin as well. Because um, commonly what we see is that hemoglobin level, which is one of our basic indicators of iron, is fine, but ferritin can be low. And lo and behold, I had my ferritin checked and I think the bottom of the range was a cutoff of 10 or so and mine was at 14. So still within normal limits, but really on that low end of the ferritin range. And so I started, you know, I've always been a meat eater, which is our best source of iron. But I decided to just supplement for a couple of weeks with some of our reacted iron. And even after two weeks, I started feeling so much better, like that energy started to come back and my brain started to come back online. So I am always on the lookout with this with my female clients, especially mm-hmm. and especially with the women who have heavy menstrual cycles. They're losing a lot of blood every month um, or people with gut issues and they're not absorbing that iron really well. Just that ferritin can be uh, like can be a little bugger for people. And that chewing ice is another symptom, like you mentioned. Yep.
1: Yep, I always, whenever someone says they chew ice, I'm like, well, we, let's check your iron because yeah. I want to make sure. Yeah, absolutely. that's a really great story. Thanks for sharing Yeah, my absolutely. I think people can relate to that because mm-hmm. it's more common than people think. Mm-hmm. So before break, we were really talking about electrolytes and kind of replenishing electrolytes and how important that is to reduce salt cravings or the reason for salt cravings. So think about this summer. Oh, it's coming, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you're going to be sweating it up, you know, working out in the garden or, or exercising or just hanging out outside, I recommend that you keep a good electrolyte drink on hand. So I'm not talking about the ones that are bright colors with sugar or high fructose corn syrup in them. I'm actually thinking about things that we've used at, you know, clinically in our practice. Um, there's a great brand called Cinerplex Revive Electrolytes, and it's a powder, and it's easy to use, very effective, and you just add it to your water bottle.
0: Yeah, easy peasy. Just mm-hmm. add a scoop or two. And like you mentioned, orally did that. And that really kind of helped bring her back online with her dehydration. Yep. Um, and I, you know, I spend, try to spend a lot of time outside as well. Uh, working part time. I'm able to be outside most days with my son during the middle of the day when it's warm out. Sometimes I'll take my workouts outside even. Uh, my husband and I have a garden that we tend to. And so sometimes having those electrolytes on hand is really helpful, and even adding in some extra minerals through a multi mineral oh, complex, yeah, into my daily routine can be helpful. And I do that with my and the kind of like my athlete clients as well. Again, like they're outside, they're running, maybe they're training for that half marathon or marathon, and they are sweating a lot during those summer months. And so personally, I like our um, reacted multi min. Product Or alpha base, which is one of our multi, which is one of our multivitamins, but very rich in those chelated minerals. So, again, that they're very well absorbed. Either one of those are great options for um, not only, again, kind of helping to keep those electrolytes in balance, but some of our minerals as well. Because something as simple as being dehydrated can lead to. Those salt cravings or cravings for salty foods, which can eventually, for some people, just derail all those healthy eating efforts. Yep. Exactly. So yeah, so it's not it this is it's not an emotional reason. It's not a character flaw that you're craving these things. It's just dehydration. It's just your biochemistry telling you yes. something.
1: Yeah, it's kind of nice. Mm-hmm. It's nice when our body tells us that we just have to listen. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so we often think you know reasons for becoming de- dehydrated. We've mentioned it. You know, being out in hot weather exercising running a marathon shingling a roof um throwing bales of hay on the farm I mean <laughs> I think of my grandpa you know my, yeah my uncles um and then you know even like I think about like driving down the highway and you see the workers on road construction you know road construction seasons probably upon us now mm-hmm. <laughs> um but you know it's you know you think of you know, hard, heavy work in the outside, but actually, really, they have. It's thought to be seventy five percent of the U.S. population is actually dehydrated and does not get enough of their daily mm-hmm. water. And a lot of times, we interpret uh, thirst for hunger, so we actually yeah. eat instead of drink. Mm-hmm. So one other reason, too, you know, when we flip on to a different side, look at it at a different angle, I think of medications. Mm. You know, medications can actually dehydrate us as well. And even combinations of de- of medications can dehydrate us. Mm-hmm. So there's several blood pressure type medications um, that are made up of diuretics. And in case you don't know what a diuretic is, it's a medication that causes more frequent urination to rid the body of excess fluids. Mm-hmm. So it works great, but you can see di- uh, dehydration can start with those medications mm-hmm. and then... Salt cravings can happen because of that dehydration. Yeah,
0: it's almost like it's dehydrating you from the inside out then as opposed to those external factors coming mm-hmm. in and, and, and making
1: you sweat. Yep. And you had thought of a procedure Yeah, that could cause dehydration. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And because, again, we we get our clients coming in all the time talking about colonoscopies being Mm -hmm. one thing. Anybody who's been through that procedure before kind of knows the prep work that goes into something like that. So that's another way people can get dehydrated, and then get a little imbalanced in their electrolytes. So, of course, we, we need to have those procedures. They they do save lives. They are important. Mm-hmm. But then we want to take care of our bodies afterwards and kind of do a recovery process yeah. afterwards.
1: Like look for the tell, tell signs of dehydration, you know, cramps, and maybe your hands, your legs, your feet. Mm-hmm. I know that I get that too, and I think, oh, what am I low in? Mm-hmm. You know, when I get cramps. Uh, You may feel really fatigued. We've talked about that as well. So I really encourage you to pay attention to yourself and think, do I need more water? Do I need more electrolytes? Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, so that is a great reminder for those of us or those of you who are listening today. Uh, Again, if you have plans to work outdoors or if you are taking a diuretic medication, first and foremost, we do need to hydrate with that water and then think about the electrolytes in there as well. So most people in general, I'm usually recommending 8 to 10 glasses of water per day. So that's 64 to 80 ounces as a baseline for most people. But then you can individualize it a little bit more by taking your body weight in pounds, divide that by two, and there's the number of ounces that you want to aim for each day. So a 150-pound person needs 75 ounces of water. So that's about 9, 8-ounce glasses of water a day. Um, someone who's 200 pounds divide that by two. You need that. You need about 100 ounces of water a day. So that's at least 12 eight-ounce glasses of water a day.
1: It's a good tip. Mm-hmm. So, oftentimes in our nutrition for weight loss classes, our participants say, "I don't crave sugar. I crave salt." So, you know, they like to eat chips or crackers. And I, you know, that's a really popular thing that I think we hear a lot and mm-hmm. so, actually, so let's oh. talk
0: yeah let's talk about that actually really because I know I want to dig into that more and let's yes. talk about that on the other side of break so you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition and what is another sign in your body that may indicate you're deficient in key nutrients so if you crave chocolate we've talked a little bit about that now or you experience muscle cramps or PMS cramps or Um, or that you may have insomnia you may be deficient in the mineral magnesium and many of our clients find that when they add 400 milligrams of magnesium glycinate at bedtime their cravings for chocolate just disappear and we'll be right back
1: welcome back to dishing up nutrition we regularly share the benefits of supplementing with magnesium glycinate we did that right before Mm -hmm. why is magnesium such an important mineral for our clients well, a study from the Journal of American College of Nutrition estimates that at least 68% of Americans are deficient in magne- magnesium. I think that's a big number. Mm-hmm. And I think we see it all the time clinically, too. Yep. As dietitians and nutritionists, we understand that supplementing with magnesium can help with restless legs, cramps and spasms, and help with poor sleep. So help you sleep better. Mm-hmm. For the month of March, we you may want to get in on the 15% off savings on magnesium glycinate and, magnesium, and mixed magnesium. If you're questioning what form would be best for you, call us at 651-699-4080 and we can help you figure out which one's best for you. Mm-hmm. And actually,
0: Nikki, I'm going to correct you on that. The phone number for the Ooh, for, our, um, for our for offices is actually six five one six nine nine three four three eight. Okay, so that'll link uh, link you into our menu, and you can talk to someone at a specific office, or talk to someone about classes and counseling, or order products. So I just wanted to clarify that phone number. Thank you very much for catching that. <laughs> welcome.
1: That's why we're a team here, right? Exactly. So um, before break, we were also talking kind of about our nutrition for weight loss classes, which are going strong, Zoom, you know, mm-hmm. virtually. People are loving those classes. And a lot of times um, as teachers or as nutritionist dietitians, we hear our clients talk about salt cravings. I'm not really a big sugar craver, but I crave chips and crackers, And actually, a lot of times people don't realize, I didn't even realize this as a dietitian until someone pointed it out to me, a fellow dietitian pointed out to me, like, oh, actually salt cravings when you're eating chips or crackers can actually really be carb cravings. And so, you know, it's because those, if you think about what the salt is on. If it's on a potato chip, it's on a potato. That's a carb. You know, corn chips or crackers, those are made out of carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. So those foods break down in our bodies as sugar. So think about that for a minute. When you grab a few chips, you may be consuming several teaspoons of sugar. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times, people aren't don't realize, or this may really surprise people, that just one potato chip is almost a gram of carbs. So eating four grams or four chips equals four grams of carbs. And that's about a teaspoon of sugar. So that's right. I just, you know, that teaspoon of sugar or glucose in our body causes those increase in blood sugars. Mm-hmm. So four chips equals one teaspoon of sugar. Mm-hmm. Kind of a good visual.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then take that the next step further and say, all right, who among us can stop at just the four chips? Yep. Who can stop at? eight chips. Who can stop at 12 chips? I mean, some of us, maybe after 12, some of us can rein it in a little bit, but others of us, you know, it might be the whole bag is gone before you know it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's worth repeating what you said there, Nikki, is that, you know, sometimes these things, the salty foods that we crave is really a a carb craving or a sugar craving in disguise. And I think Shelby, who's one of our, our other nutritionists, Pointed this out to me as well. And she kind of gave a nice visual of, you know, if, if you really, if it was truly, really a salt craving, you could say slice up a cucumber and put salt on that slice of cucumber because it's crunchy, right? Mm -hmm. So you get that crunch in there and then that would satisfy your salt cravings. But usually when I'm talking to clients about that type of thing, they're not saying like, oh, I just really crave that cucumber with salt on it. It is it is more like you said, the potato chip. It always comes back to the crackers. Mm -hmm. And then we really start, I kind of point that out to the client and say, you know, could it be actually, not really necessarily the salt, but it could be actually just because your blood sugar is in balance that now you have a carb craving and that you have a sugar craving instead. Mm -hmm. So yes, so for some people you can eat, A few chips and stop, but for others of us, it's so easy just to keep going back for more, grab another handful, kind of drive by through the kitchen and grab another handful, and then pretty soon you've consumed four or five or six teaspoons of sugar. Uh, So again, then why do we crave for sugar? That's the question then that we want to answer for ourselves. That is the, you
1: know, million-dollar question. The (laughs) billion-dollar question question, even. (laughs) So we crave sugar in response to that out-of-balance blood sugar level. As our blood sugar goes up, our cravings for sugar goes down. So, but when our blood sugar level is low, perhaps maybe because we skipped a meal or maybe it skipped a snack, our people or, or most people will start craving sugar to bring their blood sugars back mm-hmm. up to a normal level. So blood sugar imbalances can happen for a number of reasons, such as, like I mentioned earlier, skipping a snack, maybe not even eating enough food. I have a lot of clients that eat really healthy, but Mm -hmm. out of balance. Mm -hmm. Um, Starvation, even those low-calorie weight loss diets that we hear about still, you know, forever. (laughs) You know, eating too many high-carbs processed foods, so eating too much sugar causes an increase and then a crash. Mm -hmm. Not eating sufficient sufficient amounts of protein and not eating enough healthy fats Mm -hmm. can really really cause those out of balance blood sugars. I personally can really relate to that. I am one of those people that has to eat every three, three and a half hours. If I, you know, within 30 minutes, if I start, if I get hungry within 30 minutes, I can start making bad decisions. So I know Mm -hmm. I have to have that food ready, that snack planned um, or it's you know, all bets are off sometimes. Right, yes, or you find yourself in deep water really quickly, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: absolutely, which is, again, why we kind of counsel our clients, to is like, we need to have that plan, we want to be prepared, maybe we want to eat on a schedule even, like set your phone alarm every, like you said, three, maybe four hours for some people, even if it's just in the beginning, so that you can feel that effect of, okay, what does it feel like to have stable blood sugars versus those times when you have unstable blood sugars? Mm Mm-hmm. And many of us, we've learned through trial and error that sugar is a go-to source of energy. So, and that's, I mean, that's what our blood sugar does is it gives us energy, gives our brain enough fuel to work. It gives our muscles something to go off of. So sugar cravings are also common. They commonly creep up for people when they are tired, baseline tired, Mm -hmm. because many of our clients have been on high sugar, low fat diets in the past, They end up with these intense sugar cravings. And the first thing to get rid of those sugar cravings is to eat in balance, as we always talk about. But that what does that mean? That means we need protein in there, several ounces of protein, three to four ounces of protein every meal. And then we want to work some of that protein in at snacks also. We want our, the carbohydrates that we do consume to be those colorful carbohydrates, mainly from our vegetables, a little bit of fruit in there. Um, and then we want to balance out with that natural beneficial fat because fat is one of those big anchors that kind of anchors our blood sugar in place. And when clients start eating the weight and wellness way, their sugar cravings really start to disappear and they have a calm, more focused energy. And that's one of my favorite things. Nikki, you mentioned nutrition for weight loss before. You know, they, they meet with us as, as part of that program. And that's one of my favorite things to check in with them on is how are your cravings? And it is so mine too. Yeah. It's wonderful to hear people say like, my cravings are gone or like they're, you know, half of what they were before. And they feel so much in, so much more in control of their choices and their lifestyles and things like that. And so for many people, those, sugar cravings or carb cravings tell them that they need to eat. And then specifically, we want to make sure we have that protein and fat in there to balance out those carbs to keep blood sugars balanced.
1: Mm -hmm. And for other clients, uh, sugar cravings or carb cravings indicate an out-of-balance brain chemical. Mm -hmm. You know, our, our serotonin, our dopamine. We have found that people that crave bread... Or pasta—that's really an indication of low serotonin. Mm-hmm. And even people that maybe crave—and maybe this is people that are listening—you know, ice cream, yes, um, other dairy products—that also can be a sign of low serotonin as well. Mm-hmm. So I think of you know other another food source that can cause cravings: gluten. You know, we mentioned mm-hmm. gluten quite a bit on our on our show, and you know, in the book. Uh, wheat belly by Dr. William Davis. Research has shown that the gluten proteins have that morphine like um,
0: kind of effect on the effect brain on the brain. Yeah.
1: Yes. It crosses our blood brain barrier in a way and it really can create kind of a euphoria Yeah. Um. and you know want and kind of lead to kind of addictive behaviors and it can influence our behaviors and our moods. It's really interesting. So I always like to throw that in there too. So you know, gluten. We maybe beat beat up on gluten a little bit, but there's a lot of reasons, a lot of science behind that.
0: Yeah, piece. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, it's not. Again, for some people, it's it they it, that gluten wreaks havoc on the digestive system. But we forget that the gut and the brain are so closely connected, and that gluten can, like you said, have those morphine kind of effects, and really can affect our brain chemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if a client craves candy or high sugary beverages. Nikki mentioned, you know, that can be an indication that we're deficient in serotonin, but we can also be deficient in another neurotransmitter called dopamine. And research has told us that a dopamine deficiency can often lead to addiction.
1: And so I'm sure many of you are wondering, you know, well, how do I build up my serotonin? And yeah. My dopamine? I <laughs> you know, how can I control those sugar cravings and, and not be at risk for addiction? I think we all worry about that. I think we're both mothers. We mm-hmm. worry about our kids, you know, have, starting a sugar craving, you know, very young. Um I believe, you know, as a parent and as a friend, a family member, we wanna make sure that it's not fun to be addicted to things. Mm-hmm. Whether it's sugar or alcohol or other things, it's not it's painful (laughs) so the question is how do we build those neurotransmitters those happy brain chemicals like we mentioned serotonin and dopamine one of our clients or our clients who follow the weight and wellness eating plan, so they're naturally building those um, happy brain chemicals those neurotransmitters by eating three to four ounces of protein at least three to four times every day those proteins are digested into amino acids which make are, or which help make all of our neurotransmitters including those that serotonin and dopamine that we mentioned when our neurotransmitter levels are sufficient for our stress level you will naturally be free of cravings wow that sounds wonderful freedom mm-hmm. and so you can really see that food does matter yeah i think
0: that's an ultimate way to say like you have to eat your way out of that situation as opposed to you know going uh, going some other routes exactly Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I'm just going to kind of start us in our next topic here really quick, you know, wanting to talk a little bit more about sugar cravings, because so many people really do struggle with those sugar cravings. And so I just want to pose a couple of questions really quick for our listeners. Are you a person who wants more and more sugar after taking just one bite? And maybe that's that bite of a candy bar or maybe it's the gluten free cookie But does one bite lead to another, to another, to another, and down the rabbit hole? And if so, we'll kind of talk about that that extension on the other side of break. So you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. And if you need ideas for lunches, join Marianne, who's our culinary nutrition educator, on Tuesday, April 13th or Thursday, April 15th for the cooking class Easy Weekday Lunches. This fun cooking class will give you new ideas to keep your lunch healthy and interesting and give you just some new ideas. And we'll be right
1: back. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. Is it time to get serious about your eating plan? If you answered yes, I suggest reserving your spot for the Nutrition for Weight Loss series. Um, They start on April 20th or the 29th. And you can learn how stress affects metabolism and how alcohol is not a health drink because it actually slows weight loss. To sign up, call 651-699-3438 or go online to weightandwellness.com. Yeah. And those are just a couple of things that we talk about in that class.
0: I mean, every class there's a new topic to focus on. And so that's, that's at least 12 different topics. Usually there's a couple of subtopics mm-hmm. thrown in there as well. But yes, and and like you mentioned before, Nikki, even the virtual series, you know, we love to host these classes in person. It's just it's not quite possible in this day and age yet. Uh, But the virtual classes, I know many of my clients say how much they love that to still have some of that interaction with their fellow students, but with the instructor as well. And so, again, think about, you know, in April, if you have a little bit of free time or you want to learn a little bit more about nutrition or kind of help get a tailored eating plan for you, think about joining in on those classes.
1: Yes, my clients say the same thing about the virtual.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um and so before break I was uh I we were continuing that conversation about sugar cravings and I posed a question to our listeners you know about are you the type of person who can have a, you know a cup a one bite or maybe a couple of bites of a little treat or a couple of those chips or are you more of the person who one bite gets you down the rabbit hole very very quickly does one bite lead to another lead to another lead to another for some people that is bread, for some people that is that candy bar, mm-hmm. for some people it's a cookie, you know, for other people it, maybe it's more of a, either a soda or um, one of the coffee foo-foo drink yep. types of things. Yep. Um, so if that is more you, if you tend to get that one bite and it's a slippery slope from there, you know, you may be someone who. Has to treat sugar as if you have an addiction. So the kind of the analogy here is like, if, if someone has an addiction to alcohol, um, we say like, okay, absolutely no alcohol. Like we can't, you can't have that in your environment. You don't want to expose you during those vulnerable times. Um, and it's, it's kind of that, that no stop, hard stop policy. For some people, we need to treat treat sugar the same way that even just having it in the house or having it accessible or just that one bite can really be tricky for a lot of people and can undo all of those healthy eating efforts that go around that.
1: I call those Nikki No-No foods in my house. Nikki (laughs) No-No foods. I love that. Oh,
0: that's so cute. Um, Yeah. And that so that type of sugar craving is it's more along that line of addiction and, and it's addictive in nature. And realistically, for some people, you just cannot even start with one bite. And I wanted to point out to uh, one of our, our recent blog articles that Teresa just wrote. I believe it was posted to our blog this past week. Yeah. Um, kind of a, it, it delves a little into that saying of everything in moderation and why this ties into kind of those addiction types of, of tendencies. Why for some people moderation is just not possible. Um, for some people, it's it's just not possible with certain foods. For some people, again, it's, you just have to set some of those boundaries. And I love the example that Teresa used in that blog article of You know, I haven't heard anybody yet say, Oh, I just went to town on those green beans and, and like, I just, I, I, and I felt guilty about it afterwards. Um, usually people aren't saying that about our vegetables, but it is easy to get down that rabbit hole when you talk about chips or sweets or candies, Mm -hmm. um, or, or pastries and things like that. So if, if anyone's interested in some of that, that's again, it was a blog article that Teresa wrote, um, was posted to our, our blog this past week about uh, kind of delving into that saying of everything in moderation.
1: So, you know, when talking about that, too, for some people, reducing cravings for sweets is a matter of keeping sugar intake to a very minimum and to make sure that you eat mm. at least the, you know, what we've been saying, eat in balance at least four meals a day. You know, some people need some snacks in there as well. Mm -hmm. So I, and meeting with a nutritionist can help with that because we can kind of listen to your day and help you figure out what kind of meal plan you really need. Absolutely. I find that personally, my, my sugar cravings pop up when I'm tired. So fatigue plays a huge role in cravings as well. So for me to help control my cravings, I have to get enough sleep. And when I wake up, I have to eat a real food breakfast, a really healthy breakfast. Sometimes when we are helping clients overcome sugar cravings, we work on sleep first.
0: Yeah, and It's kind of interesting when you think about going to a dietitian, right? To work on your sleep first.
1: <laughs> exactly. I, I, I think people, you know, but once you explain it, it, it makes sense, mm-hmm. you know? Totally. There are um, many reasons for sugar cravings and, you know, us dietitians and nutritionists, we just problem solve. That's why we have longer appointments. We can sit and listen and, and hear really and, and problem solve and kind of, you know, do that detective work to kind of figure out what your body is telling us the reason for your sugar cravings are.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. You know, last week, you know, one of our colleagues
0: was mentioning a client that she was working with. And this particular client had um, she was eating the weight and wellness way. She had reduced that her LDL cholesterol, kind of like that, quote, unquote, bad cholesterol. She had normalized her blood sugar numbers and she had lost eight pounds in the prior three months. So she was doing great. She was kind of seeing those benefits and really feeling good. And then for some strange reasons, she had just this overwhelming desire for fast food. And this had been something that she had kind of turned to previously. And so she kind of found herself again. The car just kind of drove itself right through the drive through And she went for the burger and the fries. And after eating, you know, really focusing on eating real food and eating organic food for, you know, those couple of weeks or couple of months prior, that once she got that fast food, like the fast food didn't even taste good anymore. Mm -hmm. But somewhere along the line, she had connected fast food with pleasure. And so in the past for this particular client... Um, eating fast food eating that junk food stimulated kind of stimulated those areas in the brain that reward system and that pumped out some dopamine and serotonin for her so then her brain said oh I like that it feels good so she equated junk food with feeling good and feeling pleasurable but sadly eating junk food with then the many chemicals, the additives, everything else that kind of comes along with that type of food um, causes that reward system to become more stimulated, which then means your brain wants more, it goes back for more, and then you have, you know, that those addiction types of cravings. And they tend to be a little stronger than your than your addiction to organic vegetables and grass-fed meat. But again, once she kind of got that fast food and actually ate a couple of bites, she said she was very disappointed in the taste and decided she actually preferred her own cooking and actually preferred the way that she had been eating for the past three months. She just simply not only did it not taste the way she remembered, but it just she did not like how she felt afterwards, too. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I hear that from my clients, too, just about those foods that they used to eat a lot more. Once you get on that real food bandwagon for a while, that actually the old stuff just doesn't have the same appeal that it did. Yep.
1: I, I hear that too, and I can actually really relate to her because I grew up on fast food I, mm-hmm. I you know it was a staple in our in our diet, and um you know you once you have that in there, you have that response so mm-hmm. you do tend to go to, to, to there you know, when you right? yeah what you know and what you kind of remember, but again, you can eat it and feel like crap so that kind of for lack of a better word uh, you you know so it's it's yeah, it kind of helps realize how good and important that good, healthy food is. Yeah. So sometimes our food cravings are just habits, too. Mm-hmm. You know, we hear that, too, like it's kind of a regiment. I always have ice cream at night or, you know, things like that. So kind of breaking those habits as well. So I think about like maybe going to the movies and, you know, you always get popcorn and M&Ms to satisfy those salt and sugar cravings. And you just always do it because that's what you always do at the movies, Or maybe, you know, it's more of an emotional connection like holiday cookies and baking with your mother or your family members and you just have that strong food and emotion link because there's that happy, you know,
0: feeling. Yeah, absolutely. And I think our our takeaway message here today is that there can be many layers to those cravings, but that there are solutions and that there's actually biochemical reasons as to why these cravings are happening. And that's where we at Nutritional Weight and Wellness can come in, specialize and help you problem solve. So Nikki, it was great being on with you today. And our goal at Nutritional Weight and Wellness is to help each and every person experience better health through eating real food. It's a simple yet powerful message that eating real food is life-changing. So thank you for joining us today and have a great day.